Dollars and Cents with Hapo Community Credit Union helps empower our listeners to achieve financial success while living for today and planning for tomorrow. This podcast focuses on financial education, community support, fraud prevention, real-life stories of financial transformation, and much more. Hapo Community Credit Union serves Washington and Oregon with over 18 locations. Bank on more when you bank with us. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Dollars and Cents, Hapo Community Credit Union's financial literacy podcast. Today, we're kind of uh, breaking new ground. I have three guests in the studio with me. We're going to be talking about hiring scams, the hiring process, and uh, what to look for and what to look out for. Ladies, go ahead and introduce yourselves to our listeners uh, and what your job is and what you're bringing to the podcast today. Hi, my name is Angelique Short. I'm the Human Resources Manager here at Hapo Community Credit Union. And I'm just kind of bringing to the table what we do, how we our hiring process, what we've seen out there in the field for most organizations, and what's legal and legit, what you should be looking for before you uh, give anybody your personal information. All right. I'm Temple Hansen. I am a Human Resources Generalist here at Hapo. And I am in the day-to-day of job postings and receiving resumes and kind of very familiar with that process as we do the uh, requisitions and hiring here at Hapo. So our topic expert in the field every day doing the hiring and, and interviewing in those processes. And finally... I'm Jen Kasparik. I'm the fraud manager here at Hapo. So my job is to help you out if you've been the victim of a scam or potentially been the victim of a scam, kind of help you walk through that in your life. So the exact opposite side of the spectrum, when we get around to what to look out for, you're going to be our expert for that. Yes, I will show you what not to do. (laughs) All right. So from the get go, Angelique, tell us about the process that we go through, uh, that Hapo goes through in hiring and what people should be looking for in the hiring process. Our first thing we do once we decide on a a position that needs to be open is we post it. We post it on our personal career page on hapo.org. Then we also post it to different job solicitation sites. Um, We use LinkedIn and we use Glassdoor and we use indeed.com most often, but there are other ones at different times that we'll use too. But usually your most known sites are where we're going to post our jobs. And when people are looking for those, they find the listings, they read up, they decide, hey, this looks like something that I could apply for. That's when Temple gets involved. Are you the one receiving those those messages? Yes. So all of our job postings would have a link that would connect you to the HAPO's career page, which is where you would submit your resume through our website. And then I would receive your resume on the back end and, and sort it through that way. All right. So I've gone through the process. I found the site. I found the job that works for me. Uh, you guys are hiring a podcast guy. Obviously, that's why I'm here. Uh, I've submitted my resume and uh, Temple, you've got it. What should I be expecting as a potential employee next? So what our typical process is, and I can't speak for all companies, is that when we do receive a resume, um, if you are selected for an interview, we contact you directly to invite you to that interview. It's a, an official message from Hapo. We'll call you via the phone, send you, you know, an email confirmation, um, just solidifying that interview confirmation date and and time and all that. And these interviews typically in person, remote. I know these days we have a lot more remote processing that's happening. Uh, How are those handled usually? Yeah, so we recently have kind of made that shift like a lot of companies have in the recent years to the virtual interviews. So that is specified, you know, when we 
reach out to that candidate to invite them, whether or not it is going to be in person. Uh, we have done both um, here at HAPO, but right now we're typically leaning towards the virtual interviews. So with those virtual interviews, how much of that is based on location? I know that HAPO serves multiple regions, multiple states. Does that create a complication or decision in whether it's going to be a remote or an in-person interview? Not exactly. I, I know in the past, you know, before we kind of made this big adjustment, you know, post-pandemic wise, um, that was definitely the case. Location would, you know, play a part into whether or not we did virtual. Um, right now, even if it is for a local position, we are still conducting them as virtual interviews. Oh, okay. Can I jump in also? Even with the virtual interviews, there are some legal documents that you should be receiving before you interview or that you can see on a job site when you go there. So that's something that we make sure that we send out pre-interview that they get a copy of the job description that they're applying for or they're interviewing for, and they also see their right to work in Washington State or whatever state that we're in with their different legal documents. So not just an invitation Mm -hmm. uh, with a description of whether it's going to be in-person or virtual, but also here is some legitimate documentation talking about the position and uh, the other legal requirements that might lead up to that situation. So a couple of uh, green flags, if you will, uh, that show that this is definitely a legitimate process that you're going Mm -hmm. through. Yes. So once we've got that out of the way, I've signed my life away uh, to all of these legal documents that are coming my way. We're actually not to that point. We're not signing anything. These are just descriptions. Uh, (laughs) Then we schedule the actual interview, at which point an applicant would get to sit down and have their interview either in person or virtual, mostly virtual right now. Uh, Describe what they're going through next. What they're going through next, we're typically on um, doing what we call group interviews. So you're usually, and even if you're doing an individual interview, you're going to be sitting with anywhere from one to three people. You're always going to have at least one manager and one HR person. Otherwise, you might have two managers and somebody from HR. But it's never a one-on-one situation when we do interviews here at HAPO. So we've gotten to the point where having our interview, multiple people asking questions, answers. The interview goes swimmingly because we all know that that's how it's going to go. Uh, confidence. We, we have our discussions. What happens after that? So if we are selecting a candidate, you knocked it out of the park, Scott, you're going to get that podcasting job. We cannot wait to call you. Uh, we typically make that phone call. We would go over, um, the details, you know, this is the position, this is what we're offering. Um, we are always upfront on exactly, you know, what your wage would be, um, what the position is. And then we would ask for your information so that we could start a background screening. So we send the consent form directly to you so that you can give us that okay Um, that it's okay for us to to pull that information for you. So at this point, there's now processing in the background. We've received an offer letter. The candidate has the opportunity to decide if that offer meets what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, And then moving forward, obviously, we're checking our security. We're doing our background check. And then eventually the person receives assuming glowing reviews Mm -hmm. and the opportunity to actually have a start date. Yes. So I... At least with our process, we give a soft offer, which is that kind of the initial pay rate, you know, what your role is going to be. We will do that background screening with your consent, with all that paperwork filled out. After everything is processed and returned, we would give you that firm offer that would have your start date. You know, again, we'd go over your benefits eligibility, your um, starting wage, 
all of that good stuff, we would have that in writing and officially documented for you. Okay, so we've gone through uh, three, four, six, seven steps to this process at this point in time. This is definitely not a random Facebook message that says, hey, I see that you're interested in this. Did you want to make $6,000 a week (laughs) type of a thing? This is much more structured. So we should be looking for a much more structured approach to hiring for something that we would assume is legitimate. Now, Jen, you've gotten to be pretty quiet at this point in time <laughs> as we're talking about the the actual legitimate hiring process. What are some red flags that people should be looking out for as far as, say, hiring scams? So I think kind of the first thing you said is really that first red flag is, is there that process? You really should be applying for a job, having an interview, getting an official offer, in, in, in that order, uh, very, very rarely, I would say it doesn't ever happen, but are you going to get somebody reaching out to you to be like, hey, are you looking for a job? I'd love to hire you. Uh, you know, it, it could happen. But again, that's probably for you to take a step back and say, okay, hold on, what, what are we talking here? And really think that through. Now, in HR, there are uh, recruiter positions at certain mm-hmm. companies. Would they not be reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I'm a recruiter for such and such a company. We're interested in skills that you have, but most likely they're redirecting you to an application site where they're just kind of funneling you towards the structured process. Correct. Yeah, it would be more of a, I, there's something available that seems to fit your particular skills go here to apply. I know I know on my LinkedIn I've received every now and again some very very generic type of statements. We're looking for people that do X Y or Z and you look like you fall into that category. Here's a link. Uh, those type of messages, or do we expect like a recruiter to be more personalized when they come to find somebody? A little bit of both. We've we've worked with a recruiter ourselves here at Hapo, and they still go out and they recruit. They start that initial conversation, but they still go through our process. So they still they still have them apply. They still have them fill out. You know, send in a resume. We still go through a very legitimate process, even when we use a recruiter. So at the end of the day, if somebody calls you up or emails you and says, "Hey, I've got an offer. There's a position that's." open, we're still expecting you're going to land at the standard entry point going through all the structured three-step process of uh, the application, Mm -hmm. the interview, the hiring process. Yeah. And I think that that's a lot of times that first red flag we see if somebody calls us and is like, hey, I think think maybe I fell for a scam. Their first initial thought is, well, this person just out of the blue said, hey, we want to pay you a bunch of money, which is typically way more than you would normally make. Um, and doing way less work than would be normal for that type of position. So a too-good-to-be-true type of a warning flag for the people. And they're like, you know what? This sounds awesome, which means I should probably be a little bit more cautious. Absolutely. Are we seeing these type of scams on the rise or decline? Is this something that's a pretty steady thing that people can expect to be seeing out there that they need to look out for? I think we really saw a rise in it during the pandemic, just because people were at home, people were kind of shifting positions, people looking for new opportunities, things really did go online. You know, the virtual interview really became more popular. And I think that we started to see that kind of rise and it has just steadily been probably one of the top scams we deal with. Is it the type of thing where because everything was changing so much, people didn't know to look for it as a red flag? 
I think so, because it very quickly became the new norm, just like our, you know, virtual meetings suddenly became the new norm. So did these virtual interviews, kind of these pop up, oh, apply online, we don't really do anything in person. So then it's harder to kind of get that feel for is this legitimate or not when you're not there in person. Yeah, the the difference of, well, it was an online conversation. Does that count as an online interview? Did you jump into a Zoom chat room or was this literally back and forth on an instant messaging service where you never actually spoke with somebody other than chatting back and forth before receiving a, a your hired message? Right. And a lot of times we will. It'll be just a simple text message or in a, a chatting app uh, very, very quickly hey, we want to hire you. We're going to pay you six grand. I just need your first name, your last name, and your bank account number. Um, You know, it's very just real quick, no interviews, no set anything, nothing in writing. That's no information we would be asking for in advance. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's also, illegal. Also fantastic information to know. If somebody's asking for those pieces of information, that's probably not legitimate. Yeah, before we're even able to ask you for such information like social birth date, you've already had to have a job offer and started the process. So until you've gone application, interview, job offer, accepting said job offer, don't be providing that type of information unless it's you know part of your resume. For the most part, I do know there's some organizations that will start the background screening during their interview process, but you can always check that organization. Also, you can go to their website, make sure they have that job opening. Um, there's different ways to just verify who you're talking to before you give them the information. That's actually a good point. What other sort of resources do we have uh, or that people should be doing on their due diligence when it comes to applying and checking out businesses and the validity of those, uh, those offers? I would say one of the number one is going to the company's website, confirming first that they have a website, not just someone you randomly met on Snapchat, mm-hmm. um, but there is a you know career page or some sort of confirmation that you can see that that job is actually listed and available to apply for. And I think that's huge just because we have seen where companies will post on Indeed and it's not the real company, you know, they've kind of made it look similar to a legitimate company, uh, maybe changed the name by a few letters and they post it on Indeed. So people think, oh, it's Indeed, it, it's it's legit. We know that's a good website to go to. Um, so, you know, always, I think, double checking, going to that particular company, making sure that it is a job offer that's available. Because websites like Indeed process a lot of job offerings and openings and they're probably not staffed in such a way they can verify every single one of them that comes through. Yeah. And I think it's easy, you know, you make it look just legit enough that even, you know, their staff, their team is looking at it. Okay. Yep. That looks like a legitimate company. Um, And so then those things do get posted and do get through. So just being kind of mindful of that. That Logo looks similar name. If you glance at it briefly, looks exactly like the one, even maybe it's McDonald's as opposed to McDonald's uh, type of a situation, one letter off. Um, And then in general, in a situation like that, are they going to continue that process through a website like Indeed? Or are they going to try and funnel people out to a different type of a service if this were a scam? So if it's a scam, typically they'll immediately go to, hey, let's talk on Snapchat or let's talk on Discord or, you know, they'll pick kind of their favorite platform that they typically talk on that is not professional, um, you know, just kind of your typical, I would chat with my friends. Mm -hmm. So WhatsApp, 
any any random service that does not provide that. Whereas a legitimate company might be like, hey, go to our website, fill out this online application for this position, which now you've got a much more legitimate source or a business source that you're that you're working through. Correct. Yeah. And that's I think that's kind of a really big red flag is if they're suddenly messaging you on the side or even we've seen where they'll say, hey, we're going to have our hiring manager text you. So I'm just kind of the recruiter, if you will. I'm going to I'm going to give your phone number to our hiring manager. They're going to they're going to text you and they're going to finish this off. Okay, so now we're going to just standard cell phone text messaging. We're off of all the other services, and it's probably coming from a random number. We've all gotten text Mm -hmm. messages that are guaranteed scams from a phone number. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You block that one, you get another message that's the exact same message from a different number on and on and on. Yes, yes. So do we have any uh, stories of these random hiring scams, kind of a uh, tale that we can tell the folks about like legitimate things that have happened to people to so that they can kind of place this in, in reality. Yeah, so I think probably the most common one we see is kind of that work from home um, where the old school version of it was envelope stuffing. We're going to mail you stuff. You're going to stuff these envelopes and mail them back out and you get paid for it. They've just updated that to the 20th century, if you will. Um, so, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna hire you to be my payroll specialist. So I'm going to put some money in your bank account, and then I want you to cash app it out to all of our employees. So I'm going to give you all their information, and you're as soon as you get that deposit, you go ahead and take care of that for me. Now, the first thing that catches me here is cash app. Is that how anybody does payroll? No, yeah, not, I would hope not at least. <laughs> um, not but us. we do see a lot of that just because when you are the person committing the fraud, your goal is to get money as quickly as possible. Yeah. So, you know, they use the convenience that we have now with being able to move money quickly. Well, and, and it's a, a kind of an interesting question, like how many people out there would or would not be able to verify that, yeah, companies don't use Cash App to pay. I've never been paid via Cash App for... Uh, or Venmo or anything like that for work that's been that's been rendered, but that's you know years of experience knowing that like hey I'm going to receive a check or a direct deposit from somebody never via any any app like that. But I could easily see other people being like, well I don't know it is it is a a, a money movement service, so why wouldn't they possibly use mm-hmm. it? Right? Yeah. I mean it's a very legitimate service. People use it all the time. So maybe there's a company out there, you know, that was like, let's try this and see how it works. And they don't, they wouldn't know any different. Right out of the gate though, they've given me a bunch of money and I'm just redistributing it to people. So where do I lose out? So a lot of times when you see the money come in, it just comes in as a deposit. So if you're looking at your bank account, all you see is, oh, hey, I got a deposit for $3,000, you know, and they're telling you, you keep 500 for your services. That's how I'm going to pay you and then distribute the rest of it. Um, But what you don't know on the back end is typically that is a check that was deposited and the check is no good. So in a very short amount of time, that check is gonna be backed out of your account and all of that money that you sent out is gone and suddenly you are now stuck owing all of that money. Due to a bad check because the good faith concept of, hey, somebody has deposited a $3,000 check, here's the information about your deposit, there's this money that you have available to you, but not really. Correct, yeah. At that point in time, like I have been the victim because this money has been taken out. Is it always an individual 
So, I mean, from what we see, it is always the individual that ends up being the victim. They kind of end up holding the bag um, and having to, to work with my team to kind of figure out what next steps are, how we can help them um, and, and right the situation, make sure that, you know, they understand what happened. Um, but, you know, sometimes as we talked before, you know, with the Indeed postings and maybe it kind of looks like a company, but it's not, companies can be victims as well in having their information taken and being used. We've actually had um, found postings on Indeed ourselves that were for Hapo Credit Union, and they weren't our postings. And then we had to work with the admin side of Indeed to get those taken down. And they went up and got them down, and they went up again, and we finally got it taken care of. But it is well, it's and, happening. And that has a potential reputation impact Absolutely. on a mm-hmm. company, a, uh, a, a quality company. It has no bearing on this. Their name is being used because obviously people want to work for them. And that is the, the starting point. So obviously that ends up being a reputation hit for whoever is being fraudulently posted as. And we actually, the reason why we found out about it is somebody calling to ask us about the job. So they did their due diligence by not following the ad and asking us questions that didn't make sense about the ad to get us to dive in deeper. So, I mean, that's the best takeaway is get a hold of the organization yourself. Basically what we've got with that statement right there. One, there should be a legitimate process that people are going through. Apply for the job, go through an interview, receive a job offer, don't provide your information until everything is legitimate. It's probably going to be a virtual, maybe an in-person interview, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be an an actual interview with multiple people, not via text message or, or chat apps. Uh, and then verify with the company. If you're finding a posting online, double check, make sure that they do have those openings. Those are all of our our expectations. That's what we should be seeing. And of course, we talked about our red flags, how somebody reaching out to you to help you make (laughs) $6,000 a week or whatnot, we're just gonna deposit this money into your account and you're going to distribute it. If the business that you're working for doesn't have an account to distribute money out of, that's probably a pretty big red (laughs) flag. Uh, What else do we have as far as resources for people to be able to use or things that they should be doing uh, to, to leave the listeners with today? I think the big thing is if you've been the victim of a scam, um, you know, reach out to your financial institution. You know, if it's not HAPO, reach out. Uh, They have those resources. They know how to help you because a lot of times when you've fallen victim to a job scam, now you're looking at potentially identity theft because you've given out your social, your date of birth, maybe a picture of your driver's license, depending how far it went in this job interview. Um, So I think, you know, making sure that you have those resources of how to protect your identity moving forward, um, how to uh, make sure that your account information is safe moving forward if somebody's been depositing money into your account. And Um, for people nowadays to realize that using those resources is not a burden on those resources. That is why they are there. mm -hmm. If this is going to be a fraudulent issue or an identity theft issue, you want to reach out to those people. They want to help you. Correct. And I think the other big thing is sharing your story. Like don't, don't feel like you're the only one, you know, this happens every day. We see it every day. And I think the more people hear about it and the more you share your story and share what happened to you, you know, the less likely your friend, your neighbor, your families are going to be the next victim. Excellent. This is all fantastic information for our listeners to keep in mind. Keep an eye on yourself. Keep an eye on your friends and your family. You're definitely not the only one who has received these. Like we mentioned, you you definitely have received fraudulent 
text messages and emails and you can see them right out of the gate. People get those all the time. Fraud like this is also not uncommon. Ladies, thank you very much for joining me today uh, to discuss the hiring scams and the fraud, the red flags, as well as the green flags so that people know what they should be looking out for. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us, Scott. Until next time, this has been Dollars and Cents, Hapo Community Credit Union's Financial Literacy Podcast.